0: So yeah, um oh, we have to uh, uh every well, I don't think every podcast has uh a one with the host unless you know what the host is. But if you don't know who I am, I am a uh, John White or Jonathan, fake name, I know, whatever. Uh aka uh, Captain America, aka Red Bull,
1: aka hey, that you <laughs> hey, guy that looks like a thumb with a goatee. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
0: All right, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, this this podcast is basically a um, uh, introduction to me, which will probably probably be my first episode. Um, just so people can know who I am without me trying to explain it to them every episode, right? So,
1: um, but uh, but here you are explaining. I know that to them, like the concept of this episode.
0: Yeah, I guess this episode's going to have to have some explaining to do because they're going to ask, like, like want, why, why isn't he just doing the interview?
1: Yeah, well, or you know, why? Why is he doing that? Like, why is the first episode not him?
0: Yeah. Right. So it it just so and you are Ian Holman, which is one of my best friends, uh, practically a brother. longer than anybody um i figure you were the perfect person um to interview me so yeah that's there's another train going by yeah so we're in uh, the fishing shed at the house that i'm currently in which by the time this podcast is out i'm pretty much moved out of um and it's on a
1: lake he's making a huge mistake it's in, I, it's near Olympia, Washington. It's a gorgeous area. It's right on a lake. He pays nothing in rent. Yeah, that's so true. he's insane. Yeah, it's true. That's but- the first thing you should know about John. Uh, okay. He's like really well composed, and uh, he's he's like a real chill dude, but utterly insane, just off the walls, bonkers. I and I don't use here. I don't use that term lately all right all right so
0: but yeah, I once this episode's out, I mm-hmm. will be living in this area uh unfortunately, I will be probably on the road somewhere in Australia on two wheels um but that's you know neither here or there, so we, we
1: can cover it later in the podcast yeah, uh you've already talked. Quite a bit. I feel like I'm supposed to be running this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> since I am doing the interview. All right, it's all you, man. All right, John. Yes, I've known you for a long time. Let's cover some basics here. How did we meet? You remember? So we met
0: at a motorcycle event, um, a long, long time ago. I think we were what three four years old
1: uh no i believe it was like 96 my mom and dad were split up so 96 oh okay so, so we were like eight six because i think we were both we were born in 1988 bro ah oh, jesus all right sorry we were we were eight yeah yeah eight years old yeah and i had my i had a honda z50 yeah and Which you have you still have. I still yeah. do. It just yeah. has a beer koozie on it now. It has a
0: beer koozie on it. it still runs. I think it's only had two oil changes since that time. <laughs> so. and, one, and, that, and one, one well, engine rebuild. That's not a, a lie. It's like only had a handful of.
1: Uh, oh yeah. Well, that's uh, it's kind of what cemented Honda's reputation in my mind. Uh, that little motorcycle. But anyway, so we met. We became fast friends. Our parents liked each other. And then... Uh, not like-liked. His dad's been happily married for a long time. My yeah. mom was divorced. But... um, So we, we met then. Yeah. Uh, I used to ride that little motorcycle through the darkest, blackest mud. I'd be covered head to toe. And John was like, I gotta get a piece of that. So he... When did you get that XR-75?
0: Uh, I got the XR-75 when I was... Well, I had the PW-50. So I had a oh, PW-50. Right. Um, this is starting to become like a a motorcycle podcast. <laughs> uh <laughs> But yeah, I got the I'm the
1: I'm the president of a motorcycle club. It's it's bound to happen.
0: Yeah. it's
1: I'm just going to keep steering it that if way. If you don't, don't like don't it, don't try to fucking resist me right now.
0: <laughs> if you don't like it, you're more welcome to switch to something else because that's that that's roughly where this is going to go.
1: But that um, that's It's, like an interview it's such a huge
0: basis of our
1: relationship and growing up together. Well, though.
0: it's a big basic of my mm-hmm. life. And mm-hmm. if this is going to be an interview of me, you got to know that uh, yeah, if any, everything, yeah. everything that uh, revolves around two wheels is kind of part of my life, in some way, shape, or form. So, all
1: right. So yeah. And if it, if anybody hears this in Australia and they want to like loan John a motorcycle to putz around on, he's a good rider, honestly and truly. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that in a little bit, but. Anyway, so our relationship has pretty much revolved around meeting once a year for many, many years. Yeah,
0: until we were uh old enough to drive and then we right. we would see each other like two or three more times <laughs> that year, but we always seemed to be like best friends. Yeah, we just, just always it, able to it, you were one of the people in my life and I I've had very few and I don't know if you know this or not, but very few people that I could go up to after not seeing for a year. And it it was like we had a conversation yesterday. Like it was like not that big of a deal. We weren't like, hey, you know, we not, no big hugs or anything. It was just like, so did you hear about this? And just right, like, you
1: do a little catching up. You pick up right where you left off. Exactly. And then we would hop on our bikes and we'd ride into the, the foothills of the Cascade Mountains near... Uh, Olympia, uh, yeah. they're, they're called Capital Forest, um, which is where John happens to be from. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, yeah, right here in Olympia, but that that's beside the point. I,
1: that's not beside the It's a huge thing. It's kind of a thing that's maybe shaped you more than you know. I mean, Olympia is an interesting place to grow up.
0: Yeah, for the most part. It, it was mostly... I don't know. I I was raised up kind of in the uh, sort of the farmlands and kind of just kind of the, the back country. It, although if you look at it today, it's not back. Like There's so many houses and stuff.
1: all housing development. It's all housing
0: development. So there's that farm right across the street from my parents' house, or there is a farm across the street from my parents' house. There's no longer a farm. They changed... Probably ninety percent of his property is all just neighborhoods now, so that that's how things have changed so rapidly here because of
1: just. We I don't know if you know this, but we've been we've been alive for thirty years, and that's just kind of the uh, the march of progress as far as it goes around here. Yeah, I understand that. But uh, so Olympia is uh, it's the capital of Washington State. And it's kind of a place where its citizens really pride themselves on being just a little bit different, or a lot different. Um, do you think that affected you in any way, or um, is a kind of s- suburbie woodland no, area a little was, bit uh, less? I was outsidery,
0: always kind of surrounded by kind of the the hick side, so. A lot of my family and stuff were kind of outdoorsy, um, you know, being that we were near farms. Like, I, I worked on a farm when I was 13, you know, 12, 13 years old. I was riding my bicycle to a farm down the street, and that's where I would start work and stuff like that. So that, that was kind of what I was surrounded by. I didn't really have kind of that um, that Olympia... Feel until I was uh, at least in high school and at least had a license. Is when I started kind of seeing that kind of Olympia type of, I, I wouldn't. It's sort of like
1: the hippie kind of. It's like hippies and punk. Yeah, and homeless people. And and, that that and didn't
0: really affect me much except the fact everything of,
1: in between. I mean everything in between. It's well, like I, I, it's like our Portland.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and the thing was is that once I um got introduced to that crowd. Uh, it wasn't part of my crowd, but I started learning real quick when I was growing up that I could get along with pretty much any crowd. And that that was the first crowd that I, I saw and kind of I could relate to, even though we had nothing to relate about. I right. could talk to them and just act like I was relative to them. Yeah,
1: John's a bit of a social chameleon. In yeah. that way which is why anyway. he's 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 a pretty talented traveler as you'll find out more and more as this series goes on not this episode necessarily but as he talks to people he'll you know like many people he'll strike up friendships in foreign lands and stuff but uh John seems to have a a particular knack for finding a good group
0: yeah well
1: sort of for the most part, I mean your your high school friends were a little questionable, but you know we all go through stuff. Who,
0: Whose isn't, huh?
1: Who? Whose isn't? Yeah, I I mean I'm still friends with a lot of mine, but I'm friends with a lot of people from elementary school and see that
0: that's one thing that never happened in my life was I I'm not like I don't have that many friends that I I went to school with anymore. Um, we've all kind that's, of went our separate ways. That's pretty. That's pretty common, though. I mean, it is common. But when I got. Live I got lucky. Life.
1: You can ask me in my interview episode <laughs> about my close knit group of yeah, yeah people. I will literally bend over backwards for. And yeah. you all know most, for the most part, know each other too. I yeah, mean, of course. At least you know Ryan. Yeah. So, anyways. <clears throat> Anyway so, back to you
0: yeah um my my childhood was um very unusual because it, at, at that time it was like the last generation that they my parents would my mom mainly because my, my my dad worked um, a lot and still does but um my mom Would kind of drag me outside and wouldn't let me back into the house until the
1: streetlights turned on. Which was. I don't know that that's super uncommon now, but I think there's a lot, there's going to be a lot more supervision these days, but then you never know.
0: Well, the thing is, is that we would go miles away from the house. I would just link up with some friends in the neighborhood and we would just jump on the bike and go. And I, I started riding. Uh, my bicycle, um, I used to ru- run alongside side it because I didn't know how to ride it at first. <laughs> I think I was about like two or
1: three years old. And <laughs> just I... Running, little John running next to a bicycle. Well,
0: dude, we I would run next to it and then I would... Go bike, go! <laughs> yeah. And once it got up enough speed, I would just jump on it. So I knew my balance. I just didn't know how to do the pedaling part. And so my dad saw that and they, they were... I wouldn't say that they were poor, that we weren't really well-to-do at all. Like, we lived in a mobile home park and all that other stuff. But we just got a bike from the neighbors, and it didn't have training wheels. So when he was going to – he decided, okay, I better get training wheels for him so he knows how to do all that stuff. He started seeing me run and jump on the bike and just kind of scoot down. I already had my balance. So it was quick. Like, that was – and that was kind of all part of him getting on a motorcycle. Like he would put me on the gas tank of the motorcycle, and he would go around. He'd actually do like trail rides at two, two years old, just me turning two. And so that was just kind of I think that's what started all that stuff. So, um, but yeah. So I I once I got to learn how to ride bicycles, we would. We would go. Oh, sorry, <laughs> uh, we would go out miles away from the house, and once those streetlights turned on, we would we'd book it back home because we knew we'd get real deep shit if we didn't get home within twenty or thirty minutes from those lights
1: <laughs> turning on. Yeah, um,
0: but that these days, ooh,
1: streetlights, Mister Fancy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well,
1: you know, it was a. Uh,
0: a different era you know um
1: i uh <laughs> yeah. i'm older than you are i just, just i, I grew up further away from streetlights than you did yeah good point <laughs> um so yeah and uh i think that mentality it uh i had a a, a similar f- free room uh upbringing uh which i'll you know uh where you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I had two working parents that were divorced, so you know, yeah, got to do what I can to.
0: Now my my parents have been together for a million uh,
1: years. Yeah, f- forty plus years, right? So, um, and
0: that's that's how I was raised. And my my mom, my, my parents didn't really, th- they always got along, but they they did go through some rough passage when I was growing, growing up. Oh, there's probably
1: that that, that era, There's probably a time like before your dad got like sober or whatever
0: no he he got sober when i was about two i never i right he was, i'm sure spent, you
1: don't have any memory of it but i'm sure that was a the him his drinking era was a rough patch i've heard stories yeah it, very rough i hope patch. you i hope you we get we, a, get him with a question during his got or got him with it you already record his episode yeah
0: i've already recorded his episode okay. we, we talked a lot about it on on his his episode but yeah oh, we, we uh But he, I remember them going through a really rough patch. And I remember my sister. So I have a sister that's seven years older than I am. And um, I remember she just got her license. And I remember her talking to my cousin. And I was in the back seat of her car. She had a Mitsubishi Eclipse for a bit. And um, I remember sitting in the back there and she goes, So guess who's getting a divorce? And my no. oh yeah my God. yeah so of course but she's <clears throat> she's always been kind of that um um needs the information type thing right and sometimes the information when she was that young was kind of vague so right. I don't think she knew exactly what was going on but I think she was so used to having friends that had divorced parents that she kind of wanted to have that same thing which oh, sounds really bad that's but, weird yeah but it, I
1: Man, I would have, I would have cut my own thumb off to have a, have my parents together at one point.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: I mean, I mean, not like happily together. Obviously, yeah. They, of course, happily. They, they did They weren't big fans of each other.
0: Yeah. Well, it happens to a lot of people. Right. But my my parents went through kind of a a, a tough phase, but it kind of kind of, I think my dad kind of figured out the um, the technique of kind of getting things across with her that made it kind of balanced out things Mm -hmm. and um, my mom's very
1: difficult like maybe your mom maybe didn't wasn't a huge fan of your dad going on 20 odd not 20 odd but you know quite a few trail rides during the summer
0: yeah. yeah, almost every weekend. Yeah, yeah. Which well, was maybe twenty th- that might have helped it as well. But yeah, um, but yeah. So I, I had to deal with that. But they're they're happily married now, um, which is not. I shouldn't do that in front of the mic. Sorry, I'm just blowing smoke into it.
1: Yeah, smoking a cigar and I'm drinking a beer. We're, we're, yeah, uh, my, my indulging older. our collect, collective vices. Yeah, I figure it's a
0: it's a good night. Um, so. Uh, if, it, well, kind of fast forward to today, um, and just kind of throwing this out there. Um, this was my last day of work today as I'm recording this.
1: Right. And so I'm, it's kind of
0: fresh in my mind. I'm having a cigar and celebration and, um, and kind of a celebration and kind of a, a end of a chapter of my life. So. Um, I think this is a perfect time to kind of do my interview or my, my introduction to myself. Um, right, a good reflection reflection. Yeah. I think it's a good time, <clears throat> um, a good mindset right now. So anyways, yeah. So my, my parents were, um, they weren't, they were, uh, good parents to have, um, especially with my dad getting me into motorcycle riding and stuff, because I, I was kind of, I dad always like said that I was basically he wanted a boy, so he got a riding partner. So my whole life was just kind of revolved around. That, that, that motorcycle. makes so much sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and uh, that's why he's so bummed out right now. Yeah, he's pretty bummed up because I, I'm of course going to be leaving. He's to, leaving.
1: He John hasn't owned a dirt bike in years, which is not like us at all
0: no but i i uh I went down a different path
1: and, and plenty of crappy hondas out there from the 80s and 90s xr250s i mean they're not they're not amazing but they're not you know they'll hold up you know 600 bucks yeah i'm just saying i know they're out but- there I've less than a downhill mountain bike.
0: A less than a downhill like mountain bike. Like way less. Yeah, especially mine.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: But I also have ridden your XR250, and my riding skills are a little bit over the riding skill of that bike.
1: Uh, that bike has a... The front bearing is bad. The yeah, front wheel bearing is bad. bad. Yeah. It's, it's uh, the forks bad. need a rebuild. I mean, yeah. you're happens. a little bit beyond that, but... Yeah. I mean... Either way. So, going on. Going on to what? Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. To uh, what? (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I I just... I'm in his head. I'm always... I'm always... I'm always messing John up. Uh, Never. Yeah. Um, Okay. So motorcycle riding features prominently in our relationship your your father's yeah and you don't have a motorcycle
0: i don't have a motorcycle now uh, right but
1: we're kind of going way ahead. you want to go way ahead you really want to cover this thing real chronologically
0: no not really it, it doesn't really matter. let's jump to
1: high school all right high school well what was the deal we drifted apart a bit
0: so we drifted apart because I not was, fully. I was more, not fully. We 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 still saw each other. We saw one. each other. We
1: enjoyed each other's company, but yeah, I would be. Uh, you know, you went to Dino days, and yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, there was a one. There was at least one time where you didn't. There was all of a sudden a time when there, there you didn't bring a motorcycle, or yeah, or you were like. I was just going through phase. Yeah, he was. He was a little different. You had that Nissan pickup. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which Ni- I still have
1: lowered Nissan hard body.
0: No stock height.
1: Sh- sp- something shot. It looks low.
0: Ah, uh, it's two wheel drive.
1: Oh, those yeah. are short. Oh, that, you know oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay.
0: Basically, like a car. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I had. Um, so I went through high school. Um, was interesting because I uh, <laughs> I did I started out with having no friends at all and being very quiet to all of a sudden like sprouting up. I found one friend, uh, AJ, um, which became my best friend through um, my the majority of my high school um, life. Um, he was always there. It was like if somebody didn't see AJ with me or me with AJ. Everybody always asked where the other one was, so it, we were always together. Um, he ended up um, living with my parents because his his uh, dad decided to move to um, a couple towns down, and he didn't want to change schools because he changed schools all his, you know, elementary and middle school. So, um, my I asked my parents, and they kind of hemmed and hawed about it but they finally just let him stay in the spare bedroom and uh, it worked out great. And we became really good friends and we always had, it, he was like one of those friends that like there was never a dull moment and the dull moments are just because we are exhausted. Like we always had something that we were doing. And with that, a whole like brotherhood kind of evolved because other our friends that were kind of separate from each other kind of came together and I ended up, you know, I, I never, so I I was, when I was younger, um, I got in a really close relationship with my grandmother or my, my dad's mom. And, um, I, that was the only friend I had when I was growing up. So, I would talk to her like three times a day on the phone. You know, and that was back when it was just a landline. So I had to wait until I got home. And I would talk to her all the time. And um, she... One day, I was about 12 years old or so, she promised me, or had me promise, that I would never drink like alcohol. Because alcoholism runs in the family. So reason why my dad doesn't drink. And so... I promised her just to make her happy, and within a month or so, she she passed away suddenly, mm-hmm. and so it was a promise I would keep. So fast forward and through high school, um, I was keeping that promise, so I didn't really do anything. I didn't do anything bad, and it was mainly, you know, it was mainly the the promise and the fact that like I I raced, and that was a big part of my life, and that was my sport, or my dad's sport. And, um, so we would, you know, there was no time for me to drink and stuff like that. So I just chose not to, and I just chose to keep that promise instead. And so, you know, when I was sober, of course, all my friends, they would drink and my parents didn't mind that as long as they stayed at the house when they drank and no one, No one left and it was just kind of, it it was good. And a lot of people would show up. I became like um, somewhat popular in the ways of everybody knew who I was because they would like end up at my parents' house. But no one actually knew who I was, which sounds sounds weird when I say it. But it was like I, I was known but not really known because it wasn't me that they knew, you know. So we had a pack of friends, you know, um, my friend Charlie and Matt and AJ and, um, Justin and, you know, all those, those friends that were always together, they always showed up. They always, we would have, you know, five or six boys there. My mom would make dinner for all of them almost every night. And it was, it was good. It, you know, and that I think that's why it kind of separated our uh, friendship, or just separated each other f- when in the high school phase. Because I, I just had, you know, we weren't
1: close, um,
0: uh, living wise. Like you lived in uh, a farther away, thirty minutes away. Pretty,
1: no, way further. Than that. I lived on the keep in so that's. Oh, okay. So you know, yeah, hour, hour and a half. After away. high school, I moved to Tacoma.
0: Yeah. So, but once once high school stopped, that
1: that started to that, we the that, the that, the friends group kind of started to dissolve. I definitely Yeah, they, they saw the beginnings of that when yeah, when we I was inter- hanging out yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I was introduced to them. Cause I used that's that's after right directly after high school. That summer's the summer we started hanging out more.
0: Yeah, and that, when that we was could That was a cool thing about my parents is that, um, pretty much this whole time. uh, Did you have a job the whole time? I had a job up. So I, of course I, I, what I said before I had a job, the farm, right? Yeah. I I used to, um, do hay bales, uh, pack hay bales and work, you know, just on on a farm and, you know, feed the cows and pigs and chicken shit and all that other (laughs) stuff. Um, but yeah, I would do that every summer. And I, I, of course, I wouldn't work throughout the, the school year, um, but, yeah, I, from thirteen, I did it every year until I got a job, when I got my license at uh, Discount Tires. So I started putting tires on, for three hours a day.
1: Discount Tire was before Park Place. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, um, I worked at Discount Tires for a bit. I got, <laughs> I, I was there for not too long to me it was a long time but i think it's because i was so young yeah it, f- it
1: felt like a long time it felt like a back long time back then yeah but yeah. i don't
0: think it, it was even a year right and um i got fired because i told the um i told the boss to fuck off um for some reason i thought that was okay to say but he was he was a dick I and mean, he wasn't the boss but um he was like one of the managers Right. and all he would do is he would make work for for me to do like he would purposely like dump tire like that sh- the shavings that are in like flat tires he right. would dump those in one of the aisles and have me clean it up and he thought it was funny because he had like this power trip he was a nerd and um mm-hmm. He's probably about my age now, you know, thirty-one or so. Right. But single, like just, just an asshole. And um, I finally bucked up and told him to fuck off. And he, uh, <laughs> he had me. Um, he wrote me up, and he was like, "I need you to sign this." And I was like, "I'm not signing anything." Right. And so I signed a penis, where it said the signature and that was kind of my uh, it was like the next day or the uh, day after they were like we don't need your we don't need your uh, um, employment here anymore.
1: Where did you get the wheels uh, the t- the tires put on the Xterra this last time?
0: Uh, discount.
1: Uh, not the same discount. So I
0: worked <laughs> at Lakewood. Right yeah, yeah, and, yeah I
1: know near the theater.
0: Yeah so that's, that's a weird
1: thing and that we'll go through that later but I <laughs> we keep saying that yeah. Yeah, we'll cover that later. We'll cover that later. Yeah. <coughs> we'll um, totally forget, but
0: Yeah, that's fine. Um but that was the one thing that was kind of and that I promised myself. So how old time. were
1: you at that at that point? I was six, 16. You were 16. So yeah, but
0: I I I worked uh 45 minutes from my school. So I had to drive 45 minutes to to work every day and 45 minutes back. So it was a, it was a fair amount on mm-hmm. the you know it was a couple towns down or a couple cities down um and then up uptown yeah yeah um and i i kept that pattern going with almost every job that i've had and so i've promised myself after um um after this job that i I would get a job that's closer to home because i'm I'm tired of it so it's just no
1: it it, it's the uh, commutes suck
0: Commuting—it's starting to wear me out, especially with me getting—I'm not old, but it, yeah. me getting to—but
1: it gives um, you fatigue. It—it's it, such a major factor in fatigue or, or, or like work fatigue or or um, or well, it's like mental fatigue in general. Uh, it, there's a new—I don't know if it's a new term for it, but they—they're calling it burnout, where people they—they've kind of like. They're coming up with terminology for people that just want to effing die at their jobs now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's because uh, that commute is so bad yeah. that it, well, now nowadays it's like I'd be in a really good mood jumping the car. And this last job that I had was an hour and a half away. Right. If the traffic was okay, you, know, you can right. go up to two hours. Yeah. By the time I got back or got to the shop if i had to drive to the shop i was in a pissy mood oh, like yeah. it was hard to not be in a pissy mood so that's why i kind of kept that you feel out. that
1: i got a 40 minute 40 minute each way from yeah. graham to tacoma yeah, it,
0: it wears you out
1: it drives me crazy sometimes but anyway um so 16 at this point we yeah we've drifted apart a bit where does uh it's it's skipping ahead a little bit, but where does uh where does your your first girlfriend come into the picture? When do you meet her? Because this is this is huge for your whole person.
0: So yeah, um, so let let's go back. So um, I had that job at, at Discount for however long I can't remember, six months or uh, whatever and then I worked at a car dealership at the Olympia Auto Mall, which is no longer there. Um, There's an old dealership down there. And um, I worked there for a bit, just for the summer. And once, they, they couldn't, um
1: huh? There you go. All right, sorry. You're
0: getting a bit far away from the mic. Sorry. Um, so, you know, I, I worked there for the summer And got introduced to the car dealership life, um, which I thought, oh, that would never happen. Um, And then um, they let me go because I was starting school and it didn't really um, match up with their agenda. So then my parents gave me, that was my senior year, so they told me I can have the summer off after my senior year. And they would cover everything for the bit, but you better find some something to kind of keep me going after that because I had to get my own life. But they were both kind of kicked out of their house um, right at 18, and they didn't want to do that to their kids. So um, I'm grateful for that. But, um, but yeah, so I worked at Park Place. Um, which, I remember that. Yeah, which was an uh, exotic car dealership. Um, it Bell- was like a used car dealership for exotic cars, right is- in Bellevue, Washington. Yeah, in so Bellevue, could, Washington. And
1: you could have your your you know you could have your programming job, your
0: yeah, your, uh, Microsoft your, was there. Yeah, your ha- um, your house
1: in Sammamish, and yeah, you could drive a used used Bentley and live that like that posh life, uh, right? You know, it was like. Be- Bellevue's just kind of made for that it just made to to One for of, new money to yeah to just like pick up and start being fancy
0: yeah exactly so i i work there for a bit and that that's uh completely that's that's a podcast of its own of what I did there but um uh how for, about a highlight? So I well one highlight was um driving Paul Allen's Enzo Ferrari. So um it's a pretty good highlight. Yeah, so I <laughs> I drove well it was kind of weird because we we were going to a um a garage. Um and I for, now that I think about it, I can't really remember where that garage was, but it it had a garage That's by it, design. Well, probably, um, but they, we had a Porsche there that we were picking up and his Enzo Ferrari was there as well. And he was there um, and it was in the way of that Porsche. So it had to be moved. So somebody moved it and I was sitting there with the, the, the door open and I was so like astounded. I was just like, I didn't think I would ever see that car in person you know I, I dreamed about that car. It was just like everything you know I did an exotic um exotic car um project for my senior project to graduate and I did it all on exotic cars, and so I got to have that car
1: and you know, I, I to, built a replica of Mount Rainier out of uh chicken wire okay and, and uh paper mache oh okay, it was big, it covered a whole trailer oh really yeah and I painted it that was wow. my senior project it was a float for these uh, uh naturalists in gig harbor oh nice weird right
0: yeah i i couldn't think of, well i was i was terrible it fell small. into my lap
1: yeah well mine i had this grand plan of making a uh, custom motorcycle and uh it didn't none of really... the skills to back it up <laughs> yeah
0: or, or well, money I, I was really i was really bad in school um And I I was very, um, it took me a lot to figure out how to do stuff. Um, I don't know. I just, I was bad at math and reading and all that stuff all throughout my high school career. Actually, most of my career. Um, And I just kind of had to learn on my own because they didn't really give me the time of day to learn it. Um, Being that I was a, a slower learner. Um, so when it came to my senior project, I was like, I needed to do it on something that I absolutely love. And for some reason I got a really good grade doing it on exotic cars. And with that said, I had to have a mentor and the mentor was the owner of park place.
1: Oh, did you have to do the, uh, like internship for a day thing? Yeah. Do in high school. Yeah. And so and,
0: I did it through him. Yeah. I got to I did mine at
1: a Harley dealership. Oh, nice. In Fife. Sweet. Destination Harley. Destination Harley. I've, 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 I, he, they moved me all the way through the dealership and in, in like a full day's worth of being open. Oh, okay. So it was from, it was all the way from uh, maintenance, you know, and uh, the, all the way from the shop, yeah. to the the sales floor, and that's where I kind of learned. Harley's business model of uh, making a dealership that's a third motorcycles and two thirds merchandise or at least a third merchandise maybe a little bit more than that but and then a third parts oh okay so I yeah and the parts counter and the service department are two different things there is a de- there's yeah. usually a dedicated parts counter because yeah you got to make that Screaming Eagle, one 100 oh whatever one oh eight. I don't know what they're one eleven. Who knows? I don't know what they are. 111 who, who i do not know what they are i am not much of. A I'm not. Fan. A, I'm not a huge Harley guy actually. But you got to dress it all up in chrome or black it all out. Yeah, that those are. I think those see, are the only two things you can do. See my, intern, but you gotta you gotta pay a bunch of money for that. Well, my
0: intern project was um basically just he, he was like he's a multi millionaire owned. Or, um, Fisher Broadcasting, so he owned like the local news place and all this other stuff. So I just basically just hung out in his office and just looked at a screen. Well, he d- he didn't really give me the time of day, um, but he just had me sit in front of a computer and look at screensaver shots of
1: all of his yachts that he owned <laughs> around the city. Yeah, it was really dumb. Um, and he, he you want to like, dox him right now? What's his name? Huh? Do you want to dox him right now? No. What's I, his What's his name? I'm not going to give him the time of day. No, you don't want to. No, I don't care less. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. Um, so it, it it was just funny because then he became my boss for a bit. Yeah. Or just the owner. Yeah. Park Place. Yeah, Park Place. Yeah. So I, I I worked there for six months and I. God, it all
1: seems like it was longer than that, but
0: it felt like it was longer than that. I had to go through a ice storm when I was there and trying to drive those cars like
1: mm, why even move them during an ice storm though like why uh, why fuck with it because they it's funny i said effing earlier and then i just yeah, i, I know, dropped I, the I, actual bomb yeah, right there i was there. just going to let it go we're too. Gonna, well and we're gonna we're gonna you're not going to get that PG-13 rating you wanted on this
0: i i wasn't trying to but what, either way uh <laughs> i um yeah so they we're still a business. You still had to make money somehow. And Sounds so like then, if you
1: crash an exotic car, you might be, especially a used one, you might actually be losing money.
0: Yeah. So why risk it? Um, it was
1: the fact of like, who's just, shopping for an exotic car during really, an ice storm. We anyway,
0: didn't, we didn't really drive that many around, but if we also left them running the entire day to keep them, um, de-iced a lot of them needed gas after a while so he was like well you have to go take it i remember driving a lamborghini Giardo that was fully done it was his son's car and had f1s uh f1 exhaust on it and all sorts of shit and it was in a cover of a magazine i still i have well at this point it, it's still up on the um uh in my in my room I have a picture of it framed, and it's gonna be thrown away just like everything else. But um, yeah, I I drove that in the ice to go put gas in it, and that was the sketchiest. It was like a two hundred thousand dollar car at
1: that time. No, but it's all wheel drive, right? Oh yeah, the yeah. all wheel drive is yeah, useless. That's like a yeah. <laughs> it's like a Subaru then.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the a V ten Subaru. Yeah. Um so yeah so i I worked there for six months, and then i um th- there was a girl that I really liked um, and you know of course, being a dumb teenager, of course, you just got kind of getting that that mode of like you think about it now and how stupid you were, by the time I didn't think I was stupid, I, just, yeah, I was just I was just kind of blinded by a really pretty blonde girl, and um I l- somehow lived with her for a bit um for like a month or two her and her boyfriend strange yeah very and it's strange now but at the time I thought okay well you know I don't know what I was thinking to be honest with you I just thought okay I'm I'm going to change so I quit I quit Park Place and moved back down to um Olympia and stayed with them for a bit and
1: But I feel like this is this is distinct <clears throat> re- distinctly remember Park Place because you went and you have vi- you visited me at my my dad's house a few times.
0: Yeah, on the way back home. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: But sort of so I remember that, so that was a point at which we were finally out. like seeing each other more. More than and, once a year. Yeah, and then I, I had that M G my M G B. Yeah, and yeah I drove I drove that down to Olympia a few yeah, times.
0: Exactly. Um so so, visit. so we So yeah, it was right after that I quit moved back down, moved in an apartment with her and her boyfriend. Got her a, I, I found a job uh repoing houses. So I I I would Yeah, so they're basically just crack houses that these people were renting and they finally took them back and they remodeled them. And so I managed, I was his only employee at one time. And, um, so I got to learn how to do pretty much everything in a house, um, by him saying, you need to do this, this, and this. I just had to learn it. Well, I gave them a job and asked them to be on kind of the payroll. It was just all under the table. And I did that for, I did that for uh, two months, two, three months. And, um, she didn't want to work. I can't remember why, but she, she had other things going on. And, um, so he, her boyfriend worked with me for a bit and it, which was fine, except he was really lazy. So it was just m- me basically hit, you know, kind of pushing him to do something and we built fences, and uh we re uh roofed a house um and repainted an entire house and all the other stuff, but that got old really quickly. I couldn't do it anymore um and god it it was it yeah it, it was it was a few months, and then all of a sudden I got home at the apartment that I was staying at mind you everything I owned was still in a suitcase um for some reason I didn't didn't feel comfortable enough to kind of unpack anything
1: strange weird
0: weird weird. why would you feel like that um well I got being in in love
1: with a a blonde girl and having to, to live with and her, her boyfriend. boyfriend. It's so weird that you didn't feel comfortable in that situation. Yeah, she
0: was ultra like religious, which Ooh. I think kind of pushed me away from that whole religious thing. Yeah, I because remember. because she acted all innocent, but she wasn't, and it it just killed me once I figured out who she really was, and because uh, I had this whole vision in my head about you know because I, I i was I was raised up kind of the old fashioned way, so when I thought, well, she's old fashioned too and then why I realized, oh no, she's 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 lying to hold up some sort of um some sort of status. That's when it all kind of crumbled down. And then he I realized that my little bit of
1: hypocrisy in there. Well,
0: my part of the rent, I paid half the rent. (laughs) Um and he was paying the other half and she was staying there for free. And um for some reason, we thought that was okay. Uh um, yeah, that should have been thirds. Well, I was never on the lease, or Ooh. I was never on the. Uh, um, is it the lease? Yeah, for no, it's a, for a, it's for a, a lease. Yeah. yeah, I was never on that. So one day, the owner of the apartment asked me where I was going. I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm just going to the apartment, whatever." And she goes, "Have you been living there?" And I go, "No, i i've I've just been staying a few nights." Uh, I'm getting something remodeled at my house and she goes oh okay she goes just to let you know um we are um we're changing the locks on it and he has you know 30 days to move out so I just grabbed my shit and I left (laughs) I didn't say a word to either of them that was the beginning of
1: John traveling (laughs) light
0: yeah exactly um and I didn't even know it at the time
1: um but I
0: I ended up um leaving and I, I realized that like his car was broke down all the time and I was the only means of transportation for all three of us with my little problem. Uh it was not my problem. And I moved I grabbed all my stuff, moved back with my parents for a small bit, and then in that process I met this girl. Um and Finally. Yeah, yeah, I met this girl, and she was my best friend's cousin, and I uh, instantly had an attraction to her, and kind of things kind of played out that way. Uh, we got together, and within three months of our relationship, we were living together. And we, were, I, I found a job at uh, uh, the Chevy dealership down down in Olympia, and um, so- I. S-
1: there that <clears throat> there was that period there, where we did kind of. Uh, I think it must have been after you met her, that once again we were <laughs> back to all of a sudden seeing each other once a year.
0: Yeah, yeah same same event, the Dino days. Yeah, dinner the finish bike event that we we met the first time.
1: Right. Well, and saw each other every year. Even even though we weren't super close, we were still, you know, friends. Yeah, exactly. And we would ride together every time, and yeah, hang out and, and uh, get pretty close. Actually, I think you know what it was. We we caught up, and we ended up pretty close at the end of every weekend.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. Because we, we that was a, the deal. Yeah, and and things things changed with uh, you as well. Because you, instead of riding, you were you know barbecuing. And- that was much much later.
1: Well, not no, much no, much.
0: That was the transition. Was that uh, that about that time?
1: Yeah, but I tried to get out. also there was a period where I had outgrown the only reliable dirt bike I'd ever owned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I just didn't. I didn't have anything like that. I didn't have the money. I was going to college, so I just didn't have. The money wasn't around for another uh, dirt bike for a long time that, that I, yeah. I actually wanted to ride until my mom got Morgan that 200, that XR200 that I just kept. I was like, hey, I'm going to borrow this. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. But, yeah so We got out on some rides on that 200, though. Yeah. So we were... we're dino days, I mean. Yeah. And then, of course, I,
0: I got distracted by, you know,
1: dating. Date, like, I mean you and you guys were together So we were together for um and we don't have to cover all of it. I, I yeah, I choose Let's not choose. let's not get into that. Yeah, I I'm I don't think that's I'll a lot to unpack. Have.
0: Yeah. And I I was with her for um about 6 years. Uh I was engaged with her for about 2 of those right. years. Right. Um and you know, for the most part for, for the record. <laughs> Uh, being that we're recording this, right? Really? Um, she she was a she's a great woman. She still is, um, even though she she has her problems. But we, we all do. And if you could find somebody who doesn't have problems, then I'll marry him tomorrow. Um, but it then you become her problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know she 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 was a great woman. She was a, she was an angel, as I always say. When we were going out, um, you know, we had our problems here and there. Um, but for the most part, we, we never, we never really fought. We always bickered back and forth, but I, I was kind of, I, I was just as much of an asshole in the relationship. Um, you know, and I, I was more responsible for a lot of the headache. Um, cause I was just, I was, I was a good person, but I, I,
1: just didn't. That's not for you to judge.
0: Yeah, it, it just, you know, it just didn't. It it turned out to. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just turned out to not be our thing, and we were, we were months before our marriage when we broke up. You know, we were just planning our wedding and all this other stuff. So, and what we, was
1: what was our relationship like? Um, during that, the time that you were really close with. Do I say her name? Probably not.
0: That's uh, just. That's no, just no. not. Yeah.
1: Um. Oh, who well, I guys. met and was lovely, but she, yeah, it, she it was, did. It was. It was a, good, it was a bit of a. Uh, she did. She just. You brought her around to Dinah Days. Yeah. And that was our time. <laughs> yeah. Jealous piece of shit. <laughs> I, that's. Well, I don't know what to say. That was it, man. That was like man time. And, well, she was part of my life. She was a big, oh, a big, huge big part of your life. Part,
0: yeah. So it, it
1: it and it's your like first big, huge relationship. So of course it, it's going to be my, like clingy.
0: Yeah. It was my first uh my first relationship. My first girlfriend. Right. First. Pretty much everything you know, and um, she wasn't my like she she didn't take my virginity or anything, um, but. It was. That's that not good. what I heard. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, but it it was that close of a relationship that we would we would stay together. We lived together from three months into a relationship until the day we broke up. We lived together. I never felt trapped. So it all in all, it was a good relationship, and it actually ended pretty well compared to a lot of other people's. But I it put me into a a, a big depression. And I, um, yeah, I got, I got very, very depressed and got very, um, gotten a a really bad state of mind. And I was also
1: working. This is when we got closer again. Uh, He decided to, he decided to hang out with his miserable fuck of a, (laughs) of an old friend who just (laughs) becomes more and more curmudgeonly as every year goes by.
0: Well, the, I'm the thing, seventy. <laughs> <you> said seventy-two. <laughs> um, but it, I, I went through a really bad state. Um, I, I, I gave her everything when we broke up. So I gave her the apartment, gave her the Extera that I own now. Um, but I gave her everything. She was going to school. And I didn't want her to, I didn't want that to be hindered because we spent, well, she spent a lot of time and she was a very good student and she was going to have a really good career regardless if we were going to be together or not. And I helped tremendously to keep her into that school and pushing her towards doing, you know, getting it started and everything. And it was working out great. And I decided, because I had a little pickup, I was just going to leave. So I left and you know, a lot of people didn't know that I told everybody that I was couch surfing here and there, but I was, I was living in that rig for a couple weeks until I finally found a place to stay. Um, but it, it bothered me a ton and so much so that, um, so I had a, um, had a friend of mine that, um, Committed suicide, jumped off a bridge and I didn't know him for years. And I kind of learned over Facebook when I was on Facebook, um, that he, you know, committed suicide. And, um, the only thing I thought was how easy it was for him to get away and never felt sorry for him or nothing. And that kind of, um, put a seed in my head and I started planning my own demise and i went i went a while with planning it or not really planning it but just thinking that was i was done with this life i wanted to start a new one and i i just didn't i thought it was game over for me so i i just kind of went through this dark um state of mind and um i you know i i got really really close and i talked with a friend of mine well, another best friend which is named ian um and yeah yeah I, I i know ian too ian too um ian also yeah ian <clears throat> uh, i i kind of broke down to him cuz I, I i tell everybody everything Regardless, I have like a, a weird. do not um,
1: tell me, motherfucker.
0: Well, we weren't that, we weren't that close at that point. True.
1: Um, and so. So after, somebody drove a wedge in our relationship. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> so. I didn't realize you knew Andrews at that point.
0: Yeah, so that was kind of the big thing because I, I was living here, so I I moved here, uh, to get my. What seventh, year is this? Oh. Uh,
1: so you were with, you were with your girlfriend for a long time.
0: Yeah, I was. I was with her for a, a bit. I think it was probably two thousand thirteen or yeah. so. Yeah. When this all started happening, and well, I
1: there was another uh, relationship in that period that is pretty important, and I think we should cover it. Your RMZ. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: That wasn't really a relationship. That was just kind of a, she's just a side bitch. Uh,
1: I'm just saying, it was a cool bike for sure. I was definitely like, yeah, whoa. Because yeah, uh, up reason. until then, I mean, had either of us ever had a new motorcycle or anything? No. Yeah.
0: That that bike definitely put me in a lot of debt that I thought I was going to be stuck in for a long time. Right. I'm so happy I got out of that. Right. But. Either way. So I I went through this really bad state and uh went over to his house.
1: How long do you well, you're skipping over this RMZ thing?
0: I am skipping over
1: this RMZ. Why? Thing That's it's important.
0: It's not important to the story.
1: It, well, um, okay. right. So I guess we'll cover it later. <laughs> so I mean um, it's it's during this time period. I remember you having an Xterra and an RMZ at the same time. Yeah,
0: both yellow. Yeah, both yeah. yellow. Um but yeah, I I went through uh a part of my life where I didn't didn't want to be here no more and broke down. And I like I said, I I tell people everything. And at this time, I kept away kept it away from everybody. And finally, I was he was getting ready for a year-long trip through basically the world. And I went over, I forgot, I think I borrowed something of his and I went over to his apartment and he had, a. I can't remember if it was a map or if it was on his TV, but he had a whole world map and I broke down and told him how I felt about life and how I was thinking of just kind of ending it there, and he um, basically told me, in a nutshell, he basically told me that's not an option, and he asked me, he goes, well, what do you want to do? If you, that's not an option, Um, if you could do whatever you wanted to do in life, what would you want to do? And I told him, I want to see that, and I pointed at the map, he goes, well, what part of it? I go, all of it. And I remember telling him that, like, uh, out of all that, it's very vague of what, what exactly happened. But I remember pointing at the map, and he asked me, and I was like, I want to see it all. I want to see all of it. And he started laughing, and he goes, well, you have to start somewhere. I go, well, here. And I pointed out Australia, and because I've, I've always had this weird fascination about Australia. And he was like, well, I don't know anything about that, because he's never been there before. But he's he's traveled since he was, you know, eighteen. His parents would take him out traveling and stuff like that on his own. And so he was like, "Well, how about we start in Europe?" Because I know a lot about Europe. And so we just planned a trip, and we just planned it as if um, it was going to be a trip where I just met up with him for a couple of weeks, and that was it. You know, a couple of weeks out. You know, maybe a month. Out in Europe. I would meet up with them. We would go see some stuff. Then I'd come back. And then it evolved into we weren't going to meet because it wasn't matching up. So I was doing it alone. And then that's when I decided, you know, this shitty job that I've had. And that I was pretty much trashed every day by employees and all that other stuff. (laughs) Sexually? No. Um so it, it was, uh,
1: they used to put fingers in him <laughs>
0: No. Um, so it was, you know, I, I was, and that might have dro- drove me further into that depression is the, the, um, the, the work that I had to deal with every day and not really, anybody was really taking me seriously about it. Um, I, you know, just decided, you know, I'm done with this. I'm going to quit. So I gave him a one year notice and I just planned. And it was funny too, because like right after me and Ian had that conversation, Andrews. And, yeah. Ian Andrews had mean him had that conversation at, at his apartment. And I basically, I, you know, I broke down to him about everything and it, Once I figured out something to reach for, that next morning when I woke up, I had a purpose. Like I woke up, instead of dreading that I had to wake up and go to work, I woke up and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And so, and at the time that, that, uh, that job or that, um, that plan of course fell through. And then another plan evolved with that. And at the as
1: plans plans tend to do, yeah, exactly. And
0: it 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 turned into a you know I am going to take a giant amount of time and all the money I could, you know, I was going to sell everything and go over there and try to live and try to find myself through traveling and see if I like it. I I I thought you know I, I have this idea too with this upcoming trip that I thought I was going to get. Either burnt out real quick, or I was going to get so uncomfortable I would just go back. So I didn't have a end point on that trip. So, you know, I had a plane ticket to, um, I had a plane ticket to uh, Amsterdam, and that was it. So I gave him one year notice. I bought my plane ticket way early, and I just sat and wait and did all my planning and everything and uh that's how i got started traveling and i traveled 19 countries on that trip it took me 3 months i had to work at two places to kind of keep me above water and um it, it was excellent it, it completely changed me and i i went through some bad phases but, as yeah, well that's true yeah and uh i i was not the same person that i left as uh um, but-
1: so even at that point, once again, we had become closer As I remember yeah. you leaving. Yeah, yeah, of course. And we had hung out a few times before that. And uh, I was like, wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And it was um, inspired me to do my first trip a year later or half a year later, six months.
0: That inspired you? Or you yeah, just yeah had you did. Year? Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't
1: know that. Now's the first time you're hearing about it. Well, it's funny you and uh, the death of my grandfather.
0: Yeah, that's why I thought inspired you to do it
1: yourself. Partially, oh, okay. that's why I went to Austria. Was him talking about it? But you're the one I had that definitely planted the seed, and like before that, the probably five years of w- watching travel shows. Yeah. See, that's why I-, I watched every single like when i was 18 they put they had all of no reservations on netflix streaming when it was like or no i was 20 sorry uh they had all of it on there all at once and i i used to watch it after class college okay every day
0: yeah i'm certain to uh especially with me planning my the or Not really planning, but getting ready for my next trip coming up here soon. Um, I'm starting to get more and more people saying, hey, you inspired me to do this and that. And I I didn't know I was that big of an influence. Um, I still can't. I can't grasp that I am any sort of influence because of how um, neglective I am about like planning stuff.
1: Uh, Like, why would anybody? It's not about it's it's maybe not about. Yeah, I I I it's get not, it. It's not fully like, it's not fully like, like, uh, oh my god! Uh, but it, it that that it's hard to explain. I'm having trouble. Obviously, um, it's it's more of a. Um, it's uh, for me. It was a like, all right, all right, John. John did it. Yeah. It it seems like he met some cool people, had some fun times. I need to do. I, I would like to do my version of it, which involved drinking a ton of beer.
0: Yeah, which is part of the. Well, if it was, course, if you you weren't, I, I'm very unique uh, in that aspect. Um, but that that I mean, you're not
1: the only straight edge person. By any no.
0: Means. But for um, traveling Europe,
1: you're the only. You're you're probably the only straight edge person that I know personally that I trust. okay i there is something about straight edge people unless they have a damn good excuse like getting i mean really getting sober i guess there's a few in my motorcycle club but uh that i don't know i don't trust you gotta like i like to have the you know some vices out in the open so that i know you're not fully hiding stuff from everybody yeah exactly you know but i know you well enough to know that you are i mean you're not very good at hiding anything
0: no and that's that's one of my
1: um john's pretty much john from the surface to his depths
0: yeah i can't really i'm not really good at lying um which sounds really bad when i say it but i'm not I'm not that good at lying or holding anything in. So if I, I I get myself in trouble more often than I, I should, because I can't, I am too honest about, you know, me,
1: I'm I'm totally not honest at all.
0: (laughs) No, you lie all the time. Um, but everything I say is a lie. Everything you say is a lie. Yeah. Including Um, that including that. yeah, But it, it's, it, it's kind of a curse and a blessing because I get to get people's respect and get people's trust real fast because of how open I am. And I think uh,
1: most people that are open like that are, tend to have Not the same. Typically life. how you gain trust with people, especially for this. And, uh, you know, I have a feeling this will be, if you keep at it, this could be fairly successful because People, that's what people want. They want, they want some, they want honesty. They want yeah, they want vulnerability, and yeah. I think you offer that in spades. Yeah. So uh, I, so we're kind of going off track. So it, how are we off track? You, we've covered your life story, but you've so, managed to avoid all the motorcycles I'm interested <laughs> in.
0: Well, clearly. That's that's what's on your mind. There was
1: an XR two hundred in there.
0: Yeah, there was a two hundred in there. And yeah. um, best
1: motorcycle you ever owned? Uh, no, the KTM
0: five twenty five was was the best vehicle or best yeah best vehicle I've ever owned. But best bike I ever owned. I love that thing to death. I, 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 uh, Where is it? Uh, it is. I, yeah, I don't know. I sold it. <laughs> sold it for my trip. So, but yeah, I you know I. After I did the Europe trip, um, it was. I remember coming in to the states, and I just kind of went black on social media once I once I got stateside, and so no one really knew that I was stateside. Yeah, it was, I um, well,
1: I knew, but um, John went full emo. He grew his hair out so that it covered his eye. <laughs> no. Um, I Started camping in the woods alone.
0: <laughs> no, I I got to New York, stayed in New York for a week, and just stayed off social media. And then I went to D.C., and then I decided I'm going to surprise everybody, go home. So I flew home, hitchhiked from the airport all the way to the middle school that was kind of in the middle of all the neighborhoods, um, Why'd you hitchhike my, to a middle school? Uh, because it was right in the middle of um where uh, it was right in the middle of like where my mom and dad lived, where I currently live, and where um my girlfriend or my ex girlfriend was, which I was friends with at the time, and um I so I went and saw her because she could drive me places because I didn't have a car at the time. So I went to her, surprised her, um, which was really sweet because it was just kind of it, it was nice to kind of feel. Um, it sounds stupid, but easy, John. Um, I I felt <clears throat> for the first time in a long time, I felt loved.
1: Conjuring um, feelings.
0: Uh, no, uh, you are. I, I felt. I can um, see it.
1: Um. So,
0: I I felt loved. Not only from my ex that has, of course, didn't see me for three months um, and had no idea I was even stateside. Um, But once she got me to my house, uh, everybody was having um, a cigar next to the fire down by the lake. And so I walked over there and just walked down to the lake side and surprised everybody. And that was like, I, I just, it, for some reason, for the first time in my life, like I was missed and I noticed it and it kind of, I think that alone changed me. Cause I, I realized I was like, I, I meant something to somebody.
1: That was also and the first year your dad started calling me all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had a slight inkling that you were missed.
0: But yeah. And it it was... Yeah, you know, of course I, I surprised you at your, um, uh, your mom's retirement party. All now, right. That was the one thing where I didn't want to mention it on anything until I saw you yeah. and saw you and your family. And then once I did that, of course, then I got back on the social media and stuff. And of course I, I had the blog, so I started a blog
1: and, um, the yeah. global media empire that is. <laughs> yeah, right. out of routine productions.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, it was
1: just out of routine at the time. Sponsor and, of the In Holman Hour.
0: <laughs> um, and it was something that I, uh, something that I just did so I can show other people that even some idiot that barely went through life decently. Or halfway decently. it Could end up traveling the world. And if I could do it. Then anybody could. And that, that's how it all started. And so the next day. After I came back. Um, or. And I, I was back at home. Um, Ian Andrews. Picked me up. Um, <laughs> and we went to the reef. Uh, where, which we had tonight. Um, we stopped there and had uh, breakfast and he asked me the infamous question of okay where to next and I told him Southeast Asia. I, for some reason I had a fear of the Asian culture um, because I was surrounded by it when I was in high school with a lot of my friends that were from those areas and I just didn't get their culture and so I thought now I'm kind of...
1: A fear of traveling there, not of the people.
0: Yeah, fear of traveling there. Because yes, I didn't okay. know if I was going to um, fit in and all that other stuff. And so being that I was kind of a little bit more traveled than before, I thought that'd be kind of cool to go over there and see what it's like and learn it on a first hand basis. And we wrote down roughly the road map. It didn't work out that way, but a rough road map of how my second trip happened. So I went to Southeast Asia that next year, and I found the job that I. I of course, I, my last day of that job was today, um, but I found that job in that process, and I told him, uh, told my boss that is now one of my good friends, um, that you know I, I I'm going to last a year here. And I'm going to quit and travel again. And he didn't want me to quit. Apparently, I was a better worker than I thought I was. Um, But he gave me time off to go travel. And I had a job when I got back. And so I I went and traveled two and a half months through uh, Southeast Asia. One of the best trips I've ever had. And uh, got back.
1: That's, all right. I'm going to stop you real quick. Yeah. Yes. One thing we forgot to cover. And we forgot to cover it for Europe. So we're going to do a little retroactive question for Europe and then Southeast Asia. Yes. And then we'll try to cover it for your, the trip after that. Okay. Which I won't reveal now. I'll let you do that. But fears. Yes. And overcoming them. Let's start with Europe. Uh, Europe. Um, The fear that I need. Is John, one of the other things that people need to know. One of the things that. Uh, I don't, I don't particularly have as John has, he has some hangups. Uh, we already talked about the alcohol one, but yeah, which was a major hang-up and now well, not as much. A, but it, he does, he still doesn't drink. But I still don't drink. But I had a phobia. Of it. But he can touch the outside of a bottle of yeah,
0: alcohol. Yeah, I had a phobia. It was so bad, and it was just a mind game. Um, right, because it was a promise. I didn't want to break that promise so badly. I know um that it became the point where I couldn't walk down the beer aisles uh if my if my drink was on the same table as the alcoholic beverage I wouldn't drink it anymore Or in the same
1: cooler in my case yeah
0: same cooler I wouldn't but, get
1: this but, yeah exactly but um so yeah I had to overcome for, that in Europe yeah so there's some hang-ups some fears some trepidations that um that, that John had he he was a little unsure of himself, for sure. He came back with some r- real dick swinging confidence from Europe. For the most part, well, it, it, for the most part. But let's start. It was, I'll it let was, you cover. It was a,
0: a little bit better, but for the most part, it, it was, you know, going to Europe. There was no way of avoiding the alcohol thing, and it was.
1: If you're listening, you're full of drunks and I love you.
0: Yes, exactly. And I also had a fear of crowds, Uh, people and like the party atmosphere was really a big problem for me because I wasn't really used to it. And I kind of overcame those in Europe. It took me a bit and it took me a lot of a lot of soul searching, but I didn't manage to. Um, kind of overcome it in a small portion, but when I went through Southeast Asia is when it kind of like okay, nothing's gonna punish me for being around alcohol and um that that's a, where it kind of broke, and I still like
1: i kinda, I'll, I'll, i, I kind of the the anecdote that I remember that kind of um for me stood out for you getting over the alcohol thing was uh you actually Visiting the Guinness Brewery.
0: Yeah, on, on, on the last day of my uh, one of the last days of my trip through Europe, I went to the Guinness factory, and, and that was hard. That was so hard for me. I don't know why. Now that it doesn't. I can't put it in my mind. He can.
1: He can open a beer for me. Yeah, I did. Yeah, just now. Just now, he did. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, it doesn't bother me, and sometimes
0: it bothers me still. And I'll just go and wash my hands, and then that that kind of overcomes it. Um, but yeah, I I still have that that problem. But as long as I, I don't drink it, I think I'm I'm good. Um,
1: I had that with raisins, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's the same thing. It is. A, I thought the longest time I had, it was just like a weird, crazy brain thing, and I don't I don't know where the um. Where the connection was made, but I always thought something was gonna hatch out of them. That something was living in there, and it was gonna hatch out when I in any, any dried fruit, really. But yeah, so raisins. Yeah, that was there? I was rough for a while. I don't know why. I we get all I get I get twerks. these crazy thoughts, and I think it's dreams that that do it. Something felt really real about that. I eat raisins now and oh, you can good. you think cinnamon raisin bread for that
0: uh i see i don't like raisins just because of the taste and the texture
1: no nope. uh, my dad i'm fine with it now
0: what that's good
1: yeah cinnamon raisin well, I, like i said cinnamon raisin I still bread don't that's drink. that's gateway raisin yeah yeah i guess <laughs> <laughs> so some nice like like a nice salted butter on it
0: yeah i um. Uh... And I, like I said, I, I still, I, I don't drink and I never have, it, I still won't, I won't eat anything that was cooked or marinated in any sort of alcohol. I know it gets There's burnt probably off. Probably
1: a lot of stuff in Europe that you already ate that, that did. As
0: long as I don't know, it doesn't bother <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, cause I, I've had stuff here. That later on, like a week after, uh, my godmother would tell me she was like, "Oh, you you had that, that bratwurst or whatever," and she goes, "That that was marinating beer all day."
1: Yeah, you got to be careful. You don't ever get bananas foster either. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. I only my mom is the only one that makes that. Um. And I've only ever had it at like are the fancy steak houses. Yeah, and I I don't have it with that so. And there's a lot of times where uh, dessert gets ruined Um, when like me and dad go out to dinner or something like that because neither one of us drink and both of us kind of stay away from it. So there's a lot of times where
1: we just, I gotta say, I honestly love that your dad drinks sharps. Yeah. I'd say for those that don't know, that is Miller's alcohol free beer. Yeah. And that is, that is the beer drinkers beer right there. He's drinking for taste saved his life saved his life yeah
0: and uh that because he he loves to taste of beer so that kind of helps but yeah I um yeah I went through Southeast Asia and that was nothing but a giant party right but recovering fears oh yeah so um the fear of the crowds and stuff like that that kind of got overcame in Budapest um I made a fool out of myself um uh, one night with a bunch of people and I wanted to leave. I was contemplating jumping off a bridge.
1: Crowds, crowds uh, wear me out. They don't, I'm not scared. I, they just, I got a panic attack.
0: It was the first panic attack I've ever had was when I was in a crowd of people in a club Mm -hmm. and they knew that the people I was with knew that and they actually helped me. And I didn't, I didn't realize it until like a day after, but they tried protecting me from it. And, um, I finally got out of it. Felt like I was. I was so embarrassed that I just wanted to leave. I just wanted to get out of there, and I felt like there's no way of leaving. And I we were on a bridge. Um, there's a there's like this the weird, chain bridge. Yeah, the chain bridge. Yeah. You pee off the chain bridge at night. I guess that's some sort of thing uh, that Europeans do. I
1: if I was you, I'd get some lore on that and explain it later. Yeah, or, I mean on a later episode. Yeah, well, if I get to it, I will. Um, I know that I kind of know a little bit of the history of that bridge. Yeah. Did you know that there was it was built because the guy's dad was dying on the other side of the river?
0: No. Yeah. I, I actually, yeah, I did know that because yeah.
1: I, they, there was a. I did
0: take a tour. Right. Um, but. I was more into the um, New Zealand girl. The, the key yeah, girl all right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, all right. I well. got blinded by her, and I did, I didn't pay attention anything else. So, um, but yeah, I've I, never been to Budapest. I don't
1: it's think. very I do know it's that. very pretty. I'd love to go. A lot of the communist buildings
0: to, up, got turned into clubs, which right. is kind of cool. I want um,
1: do a. Uh, I'd like to do a trip that's Central Europe. So. Central, Eastern Europe. Don't call it Eastern Europe. They hate that. Eastern Europe to them is Russia. Yeah. Or and they're Ukraine, not fans. Uh, but I, I'd out. like to just go from north to south through that strip. It's cheap. The people are lovely. The towns are beautiful. A lot of them. The ones that didn't get destroyed in World War Two.
0: Yeah. A lot of them are rebuilt.
1: With, rebuilt, but there's a lot of that Horrible Soviet brutalist architecture. That's
0: yeah, it's still around Budapest as well.
1: Not that all of it's horrible. It's just so, it's, there's so much of it that was just so, you know, uh, soul killing and yeah, 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 windowless.
0: But with Budapest, I, I that was the first time I I acted like a crazy person and yelled at myself through an alleyway. I Had a fight with this, myself.
1: Yeah, that's not acceptable unless you are drunk.
0: Yeah, and I I just assumed that the people that heard me, if any, it was like three o'clock in the morning. Earlier, yeah, then
1: they they would have thought you were I for was sure. just a drunk.
0: But I I had a fight with myself and went to bed that. Who night. won? Um, I did.
1: <laughs> Good work. <laughs> uh, just like I taught you.
0: Yeah. So I. Uh, yeah, I had a fight with myself. Went to bed. Got up early in the morning, tried to get out of the hostel. And they told me that I paid for four nights and they weren't going to give me my money back. And I was so frugal at that point that I I had to stay. But just by chance, most of that group left that morning to go to their next place. And uh, the key people stayed. And I had a long talk with uh, a girl that I met there. Um, and she, venting to her about it kind of made me feel better and it kind of broke it for some reason it broke it because that night we went out, it was like a Tuesday. So the clubs weren't really packed. Um, and we went out, did a pub crawl, um, and it just, something broke.
1: And no, was she European?
0: Uh, no, she was from, um, she was from Toronto she's She was Canadian. Mm. She had a, um, she had a boyfriend. nice and
1: polite, but secretly evil. Ah, uh, no, she was, that's that's Canadians. Yeah, they're, she's not all evil. They're, no, they're um, sec- They they're secretly a, a seriously dark-hearted people.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> Jesus. Well, let's let's ruin my Canadian
1: uh, audience by telling them they're evil. You're not. No, I didn't say that. Yeah, don't, don't. the just don't. It's a secret darkness that all Canadians (laughs) hold in their souls, and they all know what I'm talking about. They'll they'll tell you. I have uh, I'm descended from a Canadian. All right. My grandfather was born in Manitoba. Okay. The dark heart of Canada. Ah, that's not dark. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. They do a lot of marsala in there. uh, Not he. He grew up on a barley farm in the middle of nowhere. It's it's about as dark and. And boring as it gets. (laughs) Yeah. Well. Anyway,
0: you're not wrong.
1: I digress. I truly, truly do digress.
0: After, after all that, um, that it completely changed me, and I think it just broke something in my mind that I knew I needed to overcome this, and so I did. And um, it it worked out in the end. Like I I had a fun night that night. Um, Then the next night, or. two nights after that i um went to uh salzburg austria um did my own thing looked at all all red bull stuff basically
1: um and that's another through line with john's life is his obsession with red bull red bull is a big thing for me um he can't drink alcohol so he i drink red Bulls. he cracks eight ounce red bulls
0: yeah i just on on a whim, but not as much anymore. I I do love the coffee, but um, at the time that that was the main thing that I liked to do. Um, my only vice, uh, other than the cigars. Um, so that kind of broke me. And then once I got to London, is when I kind of realized that it was more fun to go and just kind of release and have, um. Just, just have fun and just be myself. Dancing in the club and just kind of embracing myself in that atmosphere. Um, being that I was away from home and I didn't have to worry about people around me because I would never see them again, for the most part. It's good. Um, it's, it's a good attitude
1: to have. It was it's how I live every
0: day. Yeah, and it, it's hard to do it here. Uh, still. I just pretend
1: not to notice people.
0: But once I was traveling was when I could end up being a different person. And um, so it it just kind of, uh, after that, it it never bothered me again. So going through Southeast Asia and partying almost every night and um, being around alcohol, um, kissing girls that were drinking, which was a big thing for me. (laughs) And it didn't
1: bother me mm um uh, for the most that's part. when consent gets a little fuzzy there pal
0: well, I never did anything more than that if they were too drunk. um I'm still a gentleman, good
1: on you um
0: so you know if, if I knew that they're a little too if they're too tipsy too drunk i I knew that there was a limit, and i I don't wanna be some perv. I I, I was surrounded by it when I was growing up. Like I had a I didn't I had a good childhood, but there there was a lot of things that happened in my childhood that I um, of course I'm not gonna reveal on here, but um, that it kind of kept me um kept me honest in the way of I I didn't want to take advantage of somebody, um. So it it just. It, it, it became a way of keeping me a gentleman. So if they were drinking, getting really drunk and stuff like that, I knew my limit and I didn't uh, I, I didn't go past that limit, which was, uh, which makes me feel better, especially in the morning when I wake up and they ask, did we do anything?" And I was like, no, we didn't do anything. And they, they kind of like gave me that sigh of relief. Uh, Even though they didn't want to show it to me. It was just that fact of like, okay, they didn't want to do anything. But they were in that mindset of they didn't know what they were doing. So it made me feel a little bit better. It might be a little bit of selfishness in me of just making myself feel better that I did something right. But I don't see a wrong in that. So, But yeah, so all through Southeast Asia was parties and having fun and all that other stuff and try and embrace that different person that i became and then my third trip was what fears and
1: you you, you had a fear of asian culture
0: yeah i had a fear of asian culture which um uh that's that that, I
1: that um need to that, remind you that we got to talk about conquering those
0: that was so that that wasn't a big part so, once I landed in my first layover in Taiwan is when that all disappeared. Um, when I was surrounded by oh, that it. That was easy. Yeah, it, it was not that big of a deal. I, I realized real quickly. And I remember like being like super paranoid about even getting on the flight. Like <laughs> I, I remember a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, which hopefully I'll have a podcast with him too, if not. I'll try to get him on the podcast eventually, but my friend Mike um, took me to the airport and I tried to figure out some sort of excuse to not get out of his truck. Like I I was that scared of like this trip and going to Southeast Asia and uh, he literally grabbed my bags out of the back of his truck, threw them on the sidewalk, gave me a hug. Jumped in the rig before I could say anything and left. I was like, okay, I guess this is happening. So, right when I I got on the plane, I felt that fear on the plane. I slept, which is kind of like that first time of being relieved. Like, okay, all the plans are falling into place. Finally got a good night's sleep or good day's sleep or whatever. And um, then once I got to Taiwan all that fear just kind of disappeared and then I was I was fine with it so it it was very short it was a short-term fear so I didn't bother me throughout the whole trip and I embraced their culture their, their culture so they're just such lovely people over there so um but yeah that that trip was that was, trip was great and then going to um I planned a trip to go through the Middle East, and
1: so there's one, <clears throat> there's one thing that, there's w- one thing that, uh, one f- particular fear that seems really strange to me that I I don't believe you, you did overcome, it. it'd be interesting to figure out how to do it one day. But you have a, you have a, a, maybe not a fear but an aversion to getting muddy. No.
0: God, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't have. Which is strange. We ride dirt, dirt bikes. bikes. Yes, I yeah. know, I know, I know, I know. Um, but Road yeah, bikes
1: too, but I mean.
0: Yeah, so. I have It's a, in the name of I, the thing. I just don't like being dirt. I don't like, like the whole thought process of being in like a mud bath and stuff just irks me so bad. I don't know why. But it's just something that it just makes me uncomfortable. You should. Um, no, I shouldn't do, do no, anything. this I, is I'm a just,
1: controlled environment. I'm talking about. They've you at some point. I know you're going to end up in New Zealand during this next upcoming trip. Your your grand tour of Australia and and the, the world, the world. It, we'll see what happens because you know not fully not fully planned not you know there's a bit i like and i like that actually that you've left a bit open for the, the wind to carry you where it will exactly but um i have a feeling that you'll end up in new zealand and there they they have some pretty famous geothermal mud baths that are that were really important to maori culture or so the literature said when I was there. But uh, I think you should take the nope. plunge. It's in a controlled, it's clean uh, mud. Nope. It's in a controlled environment. You you don't get it on your face.
0: You're making me nervous now. I, Just do happen. it. No, no, I am not. <laughs> no,
1: absolutely It was not. lovely. Your skin is super soft for a oh, few I days bet. after.
0: Yeah, it's great so is uh, taking up
1: my ex-girlfriend made the mistake of painting it on her face it's it's acidic which is what it's like sulfuric acid it's it, it's kind of sulfury smelling yeah you should do it nope No, okay. that
0: that's one thing that oh I'll, I'll never do why it just it irks me too much
1: get out of your comfort zone I do but that's there's hot water that. pools too I mean go in those first all right whatever you want um so yeah I, I thought i thought that was just so bizarre being that we ride dirt bikes and you have you had that total aversion to mud and the, was yeah. a cave and a and a zipline yeah
0: so we took the so there's um uh god uh, what's it anymore. called
1: um where is it at
0: Fungna, i think it's Fungna. I I apologize. He just, if, he
1: just looked at me yeah, like exactly. I had the answer. Like you were there. Yeah. No, um, I haven't been to Southeast it, Asia.
0: It was a, a place in Vietnam, and I was with uh, two girls that ended up riding with me through some of uh, Vietnam. I rode the coastline of Vietnam uh, on a moped, and um, they uh, they ended up... Um,
1: Scooter, not a moped.
0: Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's an important
1: distinction to me.
0: Uh they they wanted to do this uh cave tour and part of the cave tour was part, or part of the cave was uh submerged in like this muddy surfer like this nasty stuff. So and it was part of it and I could not overcome it and i ended up bowing out of the whole tour and just spending the whole time being depressed in front of the cave (laughs) and it it, you know it is what it is but i i couldn't i couldn't overcome that and uh you know it's it's not that big of a deal, you know to me um I'll, i'll just stay away from it it's not that big of a big of a problem um
1: when you first pretty much first met me i was covered i mean absolutely covered i i wrote, I just kept riding that little Z50 through the same mud pit over and over until i was head to toe covered in this dark like semi-volcanic mud that was just it, you could see like the whites of my eyes and my teeth.
0: Yeah, I'd see that. That's not my thing. Because if you noticed, I didn't join you in any of that.
1: <laughs> I didn't know you didn't. I didn't think you had a bike with you at the time. Um, no, not at the time. Yeah, I just kind of assumed that's why.
0: My bike was always clean. <laughs> I true. Always went around the mud puddles. I did that with my Xterra as well when I was four wheel driving and stuff. But I did pay payments for it. I thought I wanted to be as clean as possible even though I was having fun with it. Um, And if I got it muddy, it was clean within the day.
1: So, and I know you were definitely into it by your trip to Asia, but in there somewhere uh, you became part of this kind of modern phenomenon called overlanding. Yeah. So the Xterra started to play a much bigger role in your life than motorcycles and most of your most of your efforts were focused on that all of a
0: sudden. Yeah, that was uh, another uh, sort of hobby that I got into and uh, became a bit of a lifestyle. Uh, It's going to be more prevalent after this next trip, being that uh, that's going to be um, my home for a bit until I get myself back on my feet after this trip. Um and it's yeah, you know, I got a rooftop tent on it. C V T rooftop tent. Um and it it's
1: please wait to plug C V T till the end of the episode. <laughs> and your pro- promo code.
0: Yeah, the promo code and all that uh, stuff. It, it'll it'll be on there. End of the episode. Um, uh beginning of the episode. But um yeah, I you know, that that's a, that's a big part in that, that whole community as Helped me out tremendously with just like I'm doing this year long trip coming up and they CVT, which is a giant company for the overland community. Um, they um, have provided home for my rig while I'm gone and hopefully uh, uh, employment for a l- little portion of the time uh, for me to get myself back on my feet. And um, so I, I'm very thankful of that, and the friends that I've made, um, along that journey of, you know, getting into this new era of overlanding, and being self-sustained in new John. Is
1: this is now close yeah. friend John. Yeah. Yeah. This is now our current yeah. era era of closeness. Yeah. After and so, knowing each other for, I hate to skim through twenty odd years.
0: We are now in the hour forty five minute phase of this uh, of this podcast. Um, but I did do a trip through the Middle East, um, which I basically did because I got invited by that girl that did the mud bath thing. They're both Israeli, and one of them invited me to her house. If I was ever on her side of the world And that got me thinking of Making a trip there Because it was in the news Um, And I wasn't afraid Of seeing something Especially as Controversial as that area I knew that there was more Especially meeting her And seeing how she was Um, There was more Over there than what we know From the news so I planned that trip, went through all of Israel with her, um, Turkey, Egypt, uh, Morocco, I like all those places. And they they're beautiful and there's nothing nothing too bad about that trip. Um just learning their uh culture and kind of seeing the what well, you don't really see in our news these days and uh, hopefully by the time you're listening to this if you found my podcast you know a few years down the time that we've done this hopefully that has changed but um, I doubt it will but it's you know going through those countries and seeing that was very um, satisfying to me knowing that I of course I survived it with no issues and um, got to see a lot of things that um, could, could be gone tomorrow. You just never know with the way things are going over there. So seeing it now and she's so going through the pyramids of Giza, and all that other stuff. It, it just, it was, it was a great trip. It was a quick trip. It was only like a month, month and a half long. Um, but it was just long enough and I did so much preparation for that trip just because of the controversy. Um,
1: How much of, (laughs) how much actual, uh, so it's easy to go to Europe. It's pretty easy to go to uh, like Australia or New Zealand or any, you know, all those places Yeah, uh, to where like a visa is not a visa is kind of a thing that's implied now in those places like the the kind of western world where it's for those who haven't traveled uh uh it's kind of interesting you just don't need to do anything passport's good enough passport's good enough you just kind of you're lucky if you get a stamp anymore even uh over they they usually just scan that they They just
0: scan it Um, uh uh the middle east was I needed a visa in every place that I went to, uh, Israel. I needed, I didn't need a visa, but their stamp was on a different piece of paper that was just folded up and put into my uh passport. Because if you had that stamp on your, um, jeez, oh if I had that stamp in my passport, right. Uh, I probably couldn't have gotten into Turkey e- or Egypt
1: or oh Egypt yeah Egypt. oh yeah that's right yeah of course um, so that was Oops. yeah exactly
0: so I God I, I wish I knew where that little piece of paper was I, it's somewhere in my collection of things that I have kept but um it definitely wasn't you know stuff like that was is was very um it was very slippery the, certain things uh, like going through Turkey and it was still easy to get visas right. and stuff like that. I get the visas right, there.
1: These are like actual border crossings and stuff. Stuff you probably yeah. dealt with in Southeast Asia a little bit. Or I no bet. you
0: flew, didn't you? I flew but you still had to go through customs and right. all the other customs, stuff. Customs, but get visas right. in that way. Yeah. But you could get visas within a day. Right. You know, and I could get I got my uh Vietnamese visa I I gave it my passport to the people in the, um, at the hostel and they took my visa and I just hope and prayed I would get it back <laughs> and I got it back and I had a, a, a visa ready for me for Vietnam and it wasn't really that hard. Um, but right. it, it, you know, it, it, it is what it is over there. Um, the Middle East was a little bit different because I could get a visa at the airport. Um, But it was a sketchy situation going through there. So, for the most part, it and it might be harder now. That was two years ago. Um, Things constantly change over there. Yeah. Um. Actually, wait. I I've been denied countries as well. Like I wanted to go to Iran.
1: Well, yeah, you can't get into Iran with an American passport. Really? Yeah, and that
0: that was kind of. That was one place I really wanted to go on that trip because I had a few people that were like, "You've got to go to my home country" because I right. knew some people there.
1: Yeah, uh, from here. And I've, I mean, I've, heard, I've also yeah, I've heard it's I've pretty heard
0: nothing but good things. Pretty beautiful there, but yeah, and the people are 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 wonderful over of there. Of course, all they want to do is show
1: it's peop- It's the it's the people. It's it's all of our. A lot of it. So much is our it, our governments. Our our very governments in conflict, not our actual peoples. Yeah. For the most part. Obviously, you know, if you were to go into, if you were to have gone into the part of Syria or Iraq with ISIS in it, that is is a pretty personal vendetta. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I'm not that risk taker, even though I did end up in Syria, um, according to Google Maps um but i i was at the border of syria and i realized real quickly that there was a person across that border that was living an everyday life he had a farm of his own and he was just doing his everyday stuff in a war torn country and it, it just shows to me that you know it's that is it's very different from what you hear um but with that said i wanted to get out of there as quickly as we got there um uh, just because of that fear um but yeah it was just that trip was the trip was very good very eye opening and um um yeah so when i got back i promised um actually i promised my mom that i would stay a year in the states um without doing travel because it, it does put a burden on them um being that they're very um they don't travel, so and they worry. They worry a lot. Um, So I, I promised them, and I I stayed in the country majority of the time last year. I went up to Canada to do some biking stuff.
1: Let's say you 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 do. I'd say your probably your biggest destination here in the continental in continental North America is probably Whistler or whatever, right? Yeah, Whistler's yeah
0: a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, cause I, I'm very much into downhill biking and stuff and kind of sleeping in a the,
1: big ass tent on your roof. Yeah. Comfortably.
0: <laughs> um, but that, that was one thing that I wanted to do last year is, uh, I knew this upcoming trip was bound to happen. So I wanted to see, I, I just wanted to stay home as much as possible cause I knew that, um, that time was limited. And so this this next coming up trip is um, me bicycling um, through um, basically majority of the world. Um, something that I, it, it was a, a thought that I had about four months ago after a year long planning a trip just through Australia. I got denied my work visa. Right, it, of it actually
1: <clears throat> started out as a completely different trip idea that i i had absolutely no understanding of
0: yeah it was just basically me going over there and working and then i realized that that's not gonna
1: it's that's just you're just taking one you're just replacing one thing with an analogous thing that
0: yeah and i was just basically going to live life over there and kind of absorbed myself in their lifestyle. And then I realized that the, it, that wasn't... They're it, not
1: that different. And yeah, they're not that, that
0: different. <laughs> and it, it would have been... It, they would have ended up just... It would have been great for a month. And then if I wanted to do... Because I've always wanted to do a year-long trip. I met so many people that have done these year-long trips. And it is something like, I still You also meet for. a
1: lot of Europeans and stuff that...
0: No, these were all Americans. Really? Yeah. Mm. Uh, actually... Almost every one of them that I met, they were Americans um, that were doing a year-long trip and um, or Australians, you
1: know, nomads. Uh, Australians never spend time in their own country.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it ended up what it. They're just going
1: to everybody else's country to drink up all of
0: their beer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, fancying their women
1: with that. Oh my God, that accent. Yeah, exactly. I, I um, mean, I would sleep with an Australian man. <laughs> um, I Especially if he knows anything about the Australian V8 supercar or has been to Bathurst. Um, so, <laughs> this... I just, the exasperated look on John's face when I said <laughs> it. He hates Australian V8 no, supercar. No, I, actually,
0: I, I really enjoy it. And I'm going to tell you this now, <laughs> uh, on record. That's I, why I brought it up, bitch. Yeah, I really... Enjoy it but I know that you enjoy It too and uh so I Always give you shit about it it's just Trying to get
1: him to by Like by any means Necessary by by hook or by Crook to Get his ass to the Bathurst 1000 the Ultimate Australian race During his trip I know He's short on he's gonna be a little short on Funds and stuff yeah well, see, let's, let's go back. To there's the, got to be places a- along that track that you can stand for free and watch or <laughs> maybe just be part of it. Yeah. Sweet. Talk your way into some, some good graces. Uh, somebody I'm pretty dra- good at that. Somebody will drag you through that. You never know. I might race it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it, yeah. So th- this, this upcoming trip turned into, um, me taking my bicycle and, uh, Bike well, packing, we or touring. T-
1: we talked about it, and I'm. I guess I can be a bit of. I, I, let's not mince words. I'm. I'm. I can be a bit of an asshole.
0: No, you. Uh, you're not an asshole. You. You're very um, critical on the stuff that I do. Um, no,
1: oh man, that really. That really makes me sound like an asshole.
0: <laughs> no, it, it's just you. You're my toughest critic. Jesus. Is what I always say. Well. It is what it is. Um, oh my God. but you have, <laughs> it's y- you have a different mindset about stuff than I do. Um, and so when I, I think of these decisions, you always kind of have a different outlook on it, which I, I quite enjoy. And I, I like to have in my back pocket, um, being that I don't think the same way you do, it kind of gets that.
1: I'm a cynical optimist. Yes.
0: Yeah and so
1: like i believe john can do all this stuff but i i my biggest thing is trying to get him to answer why the fuck he's doing it yeah exactly <laughs> i want I to want i want a goddamn answer <laughs> <laughs> i
0: so well it ended up being a a bike trip because i i got denied my work visa right best um, thing
1: that ever happened to you yeah
0: because i i ended up You have to rethink your trip completely. Yeah, and I I just decided, well, instead of sticking to one country, why not? There's so many places I can go, and I I love to be on two wheels. Uh, Mind you, I haven't been on those two wheels in a while, but um, I I think I'll get more than enough um, wheel time on on this trip. So I'm doing six months through Australia. Uh, going up to Indonesia where I don't think I will, I, I'll probably just find a job and sit steady for a couple weeks to a month. Um, just kind of relax. And then I'm going to go to South Thailand and ride majority of Thailand, uh, hit, get a job here or there. Um, just like little jobs, like h- at the hostels and stuff. I, I don't want to take anybody's jobs, um, and just kind of get it so I can fund my trip or at least decrease the money flow on my trip, um, so I can survive enough to go to Italy and fly to Italy. And I, I want to bike through Europe. Um, Europe is a very bike friendly um, continent, um, and I think I would have majority of bike my Russia.
1: Bike Russia? No,
0: I'm not biking Russia. Um, like 13 time zones or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, and it might change on the trip and which I'm completely okay with because like you said, I just
1: go by the, the winds, you know, it, you may find that you absolutely love Australia and don't want to leave. I mean,
0: yeah. And I, I'm going to try my best to not, um, uh, break any rules to stay there. Right. Um, so, but either way, I'm going to plan to try to bike through four continents. Um Australia
1: uh not all the way through. No,
0: not all the way through, but um bike majority of each continent um of these four um including this this one. You know, I I was I have been thinking long and hard about um ending up somewhere in the United States and then biking Home, which will home will be in Bend, Oregon, um, but biking from, you know, San Francisco and riding up.
1: Uh, no, that's not, the, but that's not crossing the United States. I mean, that's going to. No, I mean, that's not. the short way. Yeah. Which is fine. Bike but, from Maine. <laughs> uh, no. Well, let's make um, this a thing. N- no. Trans Canadian highway. <laughs> uh, so I-90. I,
0: I am not.
1: Um, Do I-90 swing through here?
0: I'm not. Uh, much of a fan of biking through America because of how dangerous
1: dangerous it is. Um, there's so many f- foreigners and all. There's so many people that yeah, do it so all the time. so most of
0: my most of my bad time research has been from Europeans going to the United States to do biking trips, and they either lose their bikes from people running over them. Um, or having significant injuries of people staring at their phones or running into them and I don't get that much information uh, that negative inf- information uh, about any of these other continents, which doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. It's just the fact of like it I'm on alert because I know how people are here and I know. I drive hundreds of miles a day or used to for my job. I know how people are and I know how they react to bicyclists and they're not 90% of the population in the United States are very negative towards bicyclists. And so I do with road
1: tax. Yeah. People with cars pay for the roads. Yeah,
0: and I understand that, and I I totally agree in some some ways. Well, I mean, um, all,
1: you're just a bicycle. It's fine.
0: Yeah, but I, you know, it's just a thought, and I don't know if I'll do it. I don't even know if I'm going to do all the other three continents, um, full biking. You know,
1: you could always do like the Pacific Coast Highway and and, uh, yeah. I mean, like you originally said, I was just joking with the other stuff. I mean I know people that yeah, have no. done it, but Yeah. And so do I. Yeah. But the uh the coast highway that you have to pay a little more Because of all the curves. Yeah, exactly. Or join up with a big group. Yeah, I'd rather not. You I like love, to do
0: this on my own. You
1: love it's you are doing it on your own. You just get to camp with rad people at night. Yeah, we'll see once it gets to that it's, point. It's camaraderie. They're not pushing you up the hills on the PCH. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: um, it, it's... It, it is what it is, and I, like I said, you know, this this trip has a rough road map, just like all my other trips. And I rarely go off of it, but it's nice to have a plan. And it's also nice to have that open. So... Yeah, so that that's that's where I'm currently at. Um, currently unemployed from as of today, being that it's it's one thirty. Um, right, it's so, pretty late. Yeah, it's pretty late. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I'm currently at, and the, I the one big thing about this podcast is, of course, I I wanted to kind of get my story out because I really, honestly, I, I don't want to interrupt my guest with stories about my life. And that's what all I've
1: done this entire podcast, <laughs> which is fine. Which is why it's taking two it's hours. A,
0: it's an open discussion. It's not, I, I'm not going off a script. Well, I'm, I'm just and trying I'm to not, relate. I, I'm not a fan of editing. Yeah. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts that are edited and it bothers me. And I think it's because I do a podcast of my own, but I, I do listen to a lot of lot of podcasts. that get edited, and you start thinking like, "Well, what did he say?
1: Something inappropriate?"
0: Yeah, and that that's
1: like all the stuff you told me not to say. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that that's fine.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so
0: it, it's it is what it is, and uh, so that that's my that's my story. Um, I don't think a lot of people will probably listen to the full.
1: Podcast or full. People episode. love long podcasts. They're bored at work. Yeah, that, that's is fine. A, this is, but, a, this is um, a, a damn human podcast, interest piece.
0: Yeah, if my podcast gets um, you know any sort of traction, they could always go back to this one to at least know who I was or who I am. Yeah, I guess, and um, you know, go from there. And it, this this podcast will it, it definitely will sound a lot different because I will be using different mics on my trip through um and it might not be the best of quality but i i try my best to um
1: yeah i can't wait for those uh weekly or daily updates yeah but from your from your trip good and bad yeah my my plan
0: now is um and just like the the trip itself my my plan is to um of course have like once a week have an interview with somebody somebody random that um has an everyday get life ready for has, the
1: Australian accent <laughs> yeah
0: exactly it's going to be a lot of Australian accents but um you know just kind of uh get their story and um kind of um uh, you know record that story and share it to the world in some way um and I also have an idea of updating people that care and people that are following um my journey, um, to hear just, just me, you know, talking on the mic about my story as it is, you know, like maybe like once a month, just kind of sit down in front of the mic, give a 30, 40 minute, um, rundown of like what happened or whatever I write on the blog. I just kind of give a different aspect of the words that I write down. Um, just kind of showing people what the journey entails, um, beside, you know, having interviews and stuff like that. Um, so that's the plan and we'll see how much of it I can do. Um, I've still yet to, um, uh, broadcast a podcast and that might be a tough, you're thing. dating this
1: by saying that just
0: uh, yeah yeah uh, of course and it, you
1: don't need uh, to say that you'll upload it when, but it's, at this point it's ready yeah it's uh, time. at this point in we have the, some episodes banked yeah exactly and so. it,
0: at this point you know it's all new to me right so you you might be listening to this a couple years down the line and <clears> i i've changed in some way in broadcasting it and so be it and that's that's a glory thing about um or the glorious thing about um podcasting is they, right. they constantly change they get better they get worse uh they get abandoned right you know um and I'm gonna try my hardest not to have that so Good. well
1: yeah. let's go out on uh you do you have any what are your like fears and apprehensions for this trip Um, besides not ever wanting to come home
0: yeah no, I'll come home I, I, I like here in my, my home country um, I, I learned that through my trips um, One of my fears is um, Honestly, just running out of the, the cash flow um, And needing to cut my trip short Which is fine I it, it, It's fine, I'm not afraid of it But I would like to make this trip A year-long trip um, and not have that fear of running out of money or running out of a way of getting home.
1: Well, you did bring the perfect low cost vehicle. You're not yeah. having to rent something and then fuel it. You just got to exactly. fuel your fuel yourself. Yeah.
0: And that, that's, um, uh, that's another fear of mine is getting the right nutrients to ride the yeah, bike 40 I'm, miles a day. Right. And I, um,
1: I still don't think you're carrying enough water, but
0: no, well, water's always, a uh, the majority of the places I'm going to, uh, water is always accessible. I'm not going to a desert where I won't be able to fill up my water.
1: That's, I mean, I've listened, I listened to a bunch of Australian podcasts, and I've, I've, you know, I, I've heard, I've ended up hearing a lot about, like, you know, pretty normal city life and stuff there. But everything outside a city in Australia in my in my brain is just um, just like burnt earth. Yeah, try to avoid full those areas like with poisonous snakes and spiders. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Well, it's... Which I know, I know it's not. I know yeah. they've got a pretty, they got a pretty diverse environment. Just it's just the middle of it is terrifying.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I understand that.
1: But nobody, you're not gonna, you're not going out there.
0: That's not one of my fears. Right. Um, my, like I said, the the only fear I have is running out of the funds that i need to continue on um but you know i i have a plan b uh if something happens to the bike i can't go anymore on the bike or anything like that i have a plan b and it's just basically a backpack that'll get sent
1: to me did you incorporate this company at all i mean, maybe we should talk off mic about it but are you are you running out of routine as a as a LLC or anything, no. Because yeah, you. Well, I guess you could do sole, like just kind of a sole proprietorship. Any money you may end up making off this, you, even if you're in a foreign land, you have to pay taxes on it. Yeah, like. but, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, this is totally unnecessary. We should just, <laughs> no. we should just let's let's end this thing. Yeah, yeah. How about that? So. Yeah. Nice awkward ending. <laughs> yeah, nice a long. Talk. It's
0: not always going to be perfect. That's the right. that's uh, uh, the beauty of this podcast. So right. All right. Well, thanks and for uh, giving me an interview.
1: <laughs> so concludes the thrilling In Holman adventure hour. <laughs> yeah.
0: Which we'll get to uh, at another time. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh yeah. So all right. Well, thanks, bud. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for having me over. Yeah, of course. Thanks.